0: Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Arusha, Tanzania with my new friend, Scott Brills of Pomoja Safaris. Scott and his business partner have been running an ethical safari and Kilimanjaro trekking company for 15 years. Although he's originally from Detroit, he spends about half the year in Tanzania growing the company and helping customers have the experience of a lifetime. In this episode, Scott and I talk about going on safari in the Serengeti National Park, exploring the inactive volcano at Mount Meru, and visiting the Nongarongo Crater, the world's biggest intact volcanic caldera. You are about these three amazing experiences and so much more. If you know someone interested in visiting Tanzania, I'd love it if you shared the episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to Scott's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash arusha. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Acorns is one of my favorite apps because it helps me invest spare change automatically. Every time I make a purchase with a registered debit or credit card, the transaction is rounded up to the next dollar. Then, Acorn invests these roundups in my personalized portfolio. Plus when you shop at participating retailers or service providers, you can earn additional found money to invest in your future. Examples of current and previous partners include DoorDash, Liberty Mutual, Macy's, and FedEx. I've been using Acorns for years and love how much money I've saved up from all these small investments. Sign up using my referral link at wetravelthere.com forward slash Acorns to start saving today. Hey, Scott, welcome to the show. Hi, Lee. Thanks for having me. I haven't gone on a, a safari yet, but it's like one of those things is like high on my bucket list of things to do. And when we reached out uh, and talked to be at Travel Massive and learned about your business and learned about the destination of Arusha, T- Tanzania, I just had to have you on the show and talk all about the, the things to do there, how to get there and and everything else.
1: Yeah, I uh, I've had some experience there, so happy to share what I know for everyone.
0: Well, fantastic. So for the people that aren't familiar with uh, Tanzania, like where is it in the world?
1: So Tanzania is kind of called the safari capital of, of East Africa or of Tanzania. Uh, it's located in kind of, if you look at Tanzania, it's about the center north part of the country, uh, not too far from Kilimanjaro. Uh, not too far from Serengeti National Park, right there in the middle, and it's kind of where everyone just about stops in before or after a safari. Also, there's a large population of volunteers there as well, and it's uh, it's a quick-growing city because uh, business is booming in Tanzania.
0: Nice, and then also just from like a, a overall Africa perspective, uh, looking at the map, Tanzania is actually on the the east coast of of the continent. And probably like kind of like about in the middle, as far as like uh, north and south on the, on the map.
1: Right, exactly. Just, just south of Kenya.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, if people are planning a trip to come to, to Tanzania and, and Arusha, how would we get there?
1: So, uh, it depends on where you're leaving from. But generally, uh, unless you're based in Europe, it'll require one, if not two, layovers. Uh, most uh, airlines fly there, including Delta KLM, Emirates, Qatar. Whatnot. So you're either going to be doing a stopover if you're in, let's say, North America, stopover in uh, in either Europe or Addis Ababa if you're flying via Ethiopian, and then you'll fly to Kilimanjaro International Airport, code JRO, and uh, Arusha is about an hour's drive away from there.
0: Okay, okay. So yeah, so, so we'll fly into the Kilimanjaro Airport, and then do we rent a car or take a service or is it just part of the, the, the overall Safari if we're going to get from the airport to Arusha
1: yeah so if you've got uh, if you got something booked with a, a safari operator such as us you would generally have the airport pickup included because otherwise there's not really any way uh, at least in or around the airport to rent a car or anything you've either got to uh, take a taxi which runs 50 60 bucks us. Or uh, you'll be picked up by your, your safari company or Kilimanjaro trucking company or whoever you went through and then be driven either to Arusha or there's also a, a kind of a sister town called Moshi, which is where people go if they're doing Kilimanjaro. And that's about half hour away from the airport in the other direction to the east.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Plus, I think just a lot of times when people are traveling internationally. It's already a little bit scary for them sometimes. The prospect of having to rent a car in a foreign country <laughs> that they're not that familiar with is probably frightening. And it actually probably stops a lot of people from actually taking some of these trips to certain countries around the world as they're afraid of driving and not knowing how they're going to get around is, is a big fear.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Totally. And and a lot of people that, uh, that come with us to Tanzania, I would say actually the majority of of guests, it's their first time in Africa in general, in the entire continent. And so a lot of people arrive with kind of preconceived notions and, uh, we're happy to dispel, uh, you know, many, if not all of the negative ones, because it's a great place.
0: Absolutely. That sounds uh, fantastic. Now, as far as actually getting into the country, does it require shots? Does it require, uh, a visa or anything like that.
1: So for the visa, it's a hundred dollars for Americans, fifty dollars for everyone else. Sorry, Americans, uh, just because you know America charges this this fee for uh, you know certain people to come into the U.S. and so a lot of countries do the same uh, the other way. So you can apply online via the the Tanzanian visa service and get that within about a week or so. And then you show up to the airport, give them your passport, and you're already in the system, and they stamp the passport, and you're into the country. As far as shots, uh, vaccinations, et cetera, you don't need anything. You know, there's all, It's always good when you're going to a developing country to have certain uh, immunizations like you know, tetanus or hepatitis or whatnot, but nothing is required. So you know, we get that question a lot. You do not need anything in particular. The only thing that you would need is the yellow fever vaccination if you're coming from a country that is uh, endemic Uh, with yellow fever. So that would include like if you're coming from Kenya, if you're coming from Brazil, because they are doing a a pretty good job of keeping yellow fever out of the country and they don't want to import it.
0: (laughs) No, absolutely. Yeah. You got to protect the locals because you never know as, as you're traveling around, like what type of things you pick up for sure.
1: Right. And their neighbor, you know, has quite a few cases, Kenya. uh, And so they're, they're pretty vigilant at, at stopping that right at the border.
0: Absolutely. Now, as far as, um, yeah, like you said, we're at the airport, we're probably going to have our, our tourism director, you know, from whatever com- uh, company we've organized our tour from pick us up from the airport and everything. Uh, so all that will be already taken care of with the package you've, you've purchased. But beyond that, do you need additional money for like for tips and those type of things? And if so, are you going to need that through us dollars or do you need like local currency?
1: So the the most accepted currency in the country are U.S. dollars. They are accepting euros. You know, if you if you use euros, they will not turn it down. But you have to kind of do some some currency conversion in your head to figure out how much it is. Because especially in the tourism industry, there pretty much everything will be listed only in U.S. dollars, even though their currency is called the shilling, the Tanzanian shilling, code TSH or TZS, either one, and it's about. Uh, twenty three hundred shillings per dollar. Um, the biggest note that they have is ten thousand shillings, which means the biggest note is equivalent to about four dollars. So if you were to go to the ATM there with your debit card and try to get out even a hundred dollars U.S., you're going to have a fat stack of cash with you. You have to carry it around. <laughs> so it's actually better, you know, for in most instances to just have the U.S. dollars, unless you're going really far afield. And, you know, you're dealing with locals who may not have access to banks and whatnot to exchange into Tanzanian shillings. But, yeah, I'd say U.S. dollars, you're fine. And as far as the gratuity situation, it depends on every company. We build it into all of our excursions. Uh, Many companies do not. And so um, you would have to, like, refer to their websites to see how much to give them because it it depends on, you know, are you going on a safari? Are you going on a Kilimanjaro hike? Does your safari uh, include the tips for the hotel people that you know, the lodging staff and whatnot? Every company does it differently. And that's the reason why we decided to just get rid of it because it's a, a big pain for guests. And so we just decided to incorporate it into what we charge.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Anything you can do to travel, to make like, travel like less friction, you know, and make things easier for people and like less things they got to remember and stuff like that. I think that's so much better of a a overall situation for, for people.
1: Yeah. And and I, I went over there the first time as a tourist. And so I, (laughs) I found out very quickly what a pain it was to, you know, you've got to keep a bunch of notes in certain denominations and they can't be, um, they can't be defaced, you know, have marker writing on them or have rips. They have to be of a certain age or newer, you know, like 2009 Notes are newer; otherwise, it's very difficult for them to exchange it over there. You know, and then you have to have stacks of like ones and fives and twenties to so you have the correct change that you can give everyone. You know, like your uh, let's say Kilimanjaro. You, know, you have to carry all this money up Kilimanjaro, and then at the end, everyone's awkwardly before you, and you have to count out your money and be like, okay, well, I'm going to give like twenty five dollars to this person and fifty five to this person. You know, it's just not a great system.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> so yeah, absolutely.
1: I, I actually had to do that myself the first time. I realized how awkward and and whatnot it was. And I decided not to, not to make that happen for anybody else. I would take over there myself.
0: Sure. Sure. Okay. So now throughout the year, you know, I think a lot of people, they think of Africa as like just one big desert, right? And Oh yeah. We obviously know that's not true. So what's the weather like throughout the year? And like, when should people plan on on their visit?
1: So Arusha itself, so there's the Arusha region, which is kind of like a, a county or a prefecture or whatnot. And then you've got the Arusha city, uh, which sits in the middle of it. And the city is on the slopes of a dormant volcano called Mount Meru, M-E-R-U. And the soil there is excellent. So there's crops growing year round, tons of fruit, tons of veggies. And the climate is also excellent. It's kind of, uh, if you've been to like Medellin or something like that, where the climate's pretty stable throughout the year, that's Arusha. Yeah, it gets a little bit colder in in July, August, uh, because it is a little bit below the equator. um, So the seasons are reversed for us uh, northern hemisphere people. I would say it gets down into the high 60s, low 70s Fahrenheit, so we're talking. Uh, let's see. What's the conversion? You know, the, the high teens, low 20s at night, and then during the daytime, it can get into the 90s Fahrenheit. Uh, so I would say you know, low 30s, mid 30s during the day Celsius. But it's it's generally very pleasant. It's great to sleep there because you know it's not too too hot or anything at night. There's not you know generally a ton of bugs, especially of the biting variety. So it's it's a really nice spot to be based both for work, for me, and then also for anybody going on a safari before or after their uh, trip to the Serengeti.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, bugs are a big thing. I, I live here in Nashville and I was at my kid's soccer <laughs> practice last night and I got like probably five mosquito bites just from that. So going on a safari, like thinking about bugs and getting bit, that's definitely a big thing on, on people's list uh, of having a bad experience versus like a, an amazing experience.
1: We, we have people ask us you know, specifically about bugs. Uh, some people really, really dislike bugs. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the biting bugs, but uh, some people are really, really haters of them, <laughs> understandably. So I just tell them, hey, if you're going to do a safari, this is one of the better spots in the world to do it. Obviously, I'm biased, but... Uh, when you're in the Serengeti, you're at about a mile, so we say 15, 1700 meters above sea level, and that contributes to the fact that there's very few bugs, relatively compared to, let's say, uh, the marshlands of Botswana or, or, or whatnot. You know, so you have far, far less bugs in general biting you. And I just tell people, hey, at night, you know, there there will be a few mosquitoes, not many. Just wear long clothing, use some bug spray, you'll be fine.
0: That's fantastic. Like we're talking about the weather, I guess there's like, there's also like a rainy, rainy season. That's kind of like mid March to mid May. Is that correct? That's
1: correct. Yep. And and there are people that come over uh, because the, there are some deals to be had for safaris and, and other tourism packages during that time. But I generally tell people just skip it during that time. uh, Because even though the rains aren't 24 seven or anything, it impacts your experience. And a lot of people that that come over, they're going to be doing this one time in their life. It's a huge bucket list trip. And, you know, why would you go for anything else but the best, you know, just skip those two months and pick some other time of the year, because the rest of the year is great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Find other ways to save money on your trip, whether it be using airline miles and hotel points for like the flights and everything like that. Don't skimp on finding that, that off season where you're going to have a bad experience.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Now let's talk about you know some of the things to do while we're there. Obviously, you talk about there's different safaris, there's you know Mount Kilimanjaro and those type of things. I know there's a lot of different like national parks you know that are relatively easy drive from uh, from Arusha.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's why uh, Arusha is known as the capital of uh, safaris because you've got arusha national park which is uh less than an hour away you've got turn national park two and a half hours and gorongoro crater which is a giant uh extinct volcano crater full of animals which is about three hours away you've got the serengeti which is more like five hours drive away but you can also easily access it uh, with uh, a small plane from arusha airport which is right in the city and you can fly an hour to the serengeti you can fly an hour back uh so you've got plenty of ways to get to and from the parks, and most of them are an easy drive
0: away well, that's fantastic. I also saw there's some other ones like uh Nieri National Park and Ruha
1: yes yeah those are, so so in the in the country they have uh what are called circuits so you've got the northern circuit, which is kind of I would say best for first timers uh because it's it's more accessible, and you're guaranteed more animals that are easier to view because there's less underbush. Besides that, you've got the Southern Circuit, which is more, I always recommend for people that are kind of returning back. It is giant. So these parks are actually even bigger than the Serengeti. And there's amazing things to be seen. But there is a little bit more more trees and bushes and whatnot, which sometimes makes viewing the animals a little bit trickier. But there's a lot less people as well. So that's why I always say, hey, if you're coming back and you want to do something a little bit more off the beaten path with less people around, then you you should try out Ruaha, Park or Selu, which is now called Nyerere Park, after the first president of uh, Tanzania, that's N-Y-E-R-E-R-E, you'll find amazing things to do there as well. It's just, a, it's a ways from uh, Arusha, I should mention that, so you would definitely want to fly from Arusha to there.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Tanzania is uh, not the biggest country in the world, but, it's, you know, but it is pretty sizable, and it's, it's kind of like if you're saying, hey, I'm going to drive from L.A. to like Montana. Right, you're not going to do that. Exactly. You're going to you're going to take a flight to to get between these areas of the country.
1: And I've done the drive before, and you know, even though there are some interesting things to see, for the most part, it's just uh, you know, there's not a ton of traffic either. But it's it's a long, long drive. There's plenty of cops checking speed limits, and so you know, when you're going that posted uh, eighty kilometers an hour, it it can make for a multi day drive where there's not really <laughs> much
0: happening. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, I, but I, like you said earlier, it's like one of those things where it's like a bucket list experience and people are coming, you know, from a far distance to be able to get to Africa and they're going to want to make the most of their experience. And that you know, you're not going to go there for three days. You're going to go there for exactly a week or two to be able to experience as much as you can from the country. And, uh, you, you're going to get that experience out there, you know, when you're seeing all the animals and everything like that. So as far as like, booking one of these tours to be able to, to see all the things, obviously, you know, you run a, you run a show, uh, a shop and you run tours as well, but you know, how do people find a tour operator and like, what are some of the things that they should look at?
1: So there's, uh, there's many tour operators let me put that out. There's, we are one of, one of many, I, I would say that, uh, the best thing to do is to ask around, you know, your friends, do you have any referrals of, of excellent providers that you've gone with? Because that's you know how we get most of our businesses is, is from referrals. And then see uh, different co- companies target different types of clientele. And so some kind of go for really budget, kind of like backpacker style, camping safaris, which we don't do. And some go really, really high end. And then I would say a lot of them are right in the middle. And you know it, it kind of depends on your budget. Also, how many days. Uh, so the next thing I would say is determine how many days you want to be over there. Generally, I would say our best-selling itinerary is about eight days, and that includes an arrival day and a departure day, and then six days driving through the the national parks and seeing the animals. And I think that's a, a really good amount of time for many people, especially uh, Americans that only have two weeks of vacation a year, because you're able to fly out on Friday, arrive on Saturday, spend uh, the next six day or seven days in the country fly back, arrive on Sunday, and you only have to take off Monday through Friday. So I think that kind of uh, lends itself to uh, being a great itinerary for many people. And it it doesn't feel rushed, too. If you have that much time um, seeing the safari areas, the, the highlights of northern Tanzania, it doesn't feel rushed if you have that many days. And if you have extra days beyond that, you can even visit a few more areas, or you can choose to go to Zanzibar which is an island off the coast of tanzania it used to be uh, a sultanate of oman and uh, was the capital of the spice trade for hundreds of years and in 1964 uh, i believe they uh, united with Tanganyika, which is the mainland and they became tanzania and it's a beautiful beautiful island white sand beaches crystal clear blue water tons of accommodation options at every level uh, you don't need a guide or anything. You just go there and uh have some r and r on the beach and you can go scuba diving and fishing and go on spice tours to see how your favorite spices are grown and harvested and you know there's plenty of of things to do on the island if you have a few extra days and so I'd say about fifty percent of our guests go on to uh, to the island if they have the time after their safari or their Kilimanjaro trek
0: sure and then to get from Arusha to Zanzibar, then you would take a flight. Is that how you get there?
1: Exactly. So you would leave uh, from Arusha City Airport, generally ARK, and then you would fly one hour to Zanzibar Airport, ZNZ or ZNZ. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a pretty simple flight. It, it costs something like uh, 150, 200 bucks a person.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, as far as actually during a trip of, of Arusha, where would we look at as far as like staying for our hotel? Are there some of like the major brands that we're used to like Hilton and Marriott, or is it more of like local hotels that we would stay there in that city?
1: It is actually mostly local hotels. Uh, Even though we're starting to see more properties in the national parks that are run by the major uh, hoteliers. So we've got uh, four seasons actually in the Serengeti, which is a beautiful property. If you've got the money. And you've got uh, Malia that's starting to make hotels within the country, which is a a chain based out of Spain that's more known in, in Europe right now. But, yeah, for the most part, it's a lot of local lodges, local hotel chains or brands that specialize in East Africa or especially specialize in tourism in Tanzania, Kenya and whatnot. So. Uh, as far as the city goes, you know it's not it's not a huge city. You could stay anywhere in Arusha if you went on, let's say, you're planning this on your own and you went on Booking.com and you just typed out in Arusha, Tanzania. You know anywhere there would be a good place to stay. They've got different accommodation for every single budget, from you know let's say home stays for you know 20 bucks a night all the way up to, I would say you know the fanciest hotel in town would probably be. Probably be the the Grand Malia, uh, which was built just before COVID, I believe, 2019 or 2020. It is gorgeous, uh, but you know it depends. Do you want that Africa feel, or do you want more of a glitzy, glamoury, high end feel? You know, because if you wanted more of an Africa feel, I would say go to Elowana Coffee Lodge, which is on the other side of the city and is built within. These uh, rows of coffee plants because the Ruscha area is uh, well known for its coffee production. And uh, you go there and it's, it's, you know, you just kind of feel more in the continent, more in Tanzania, but it's still beautiful, wonderful rooms and whatnot costs uh, 200 300 a night US, you know, it's, so it just kind of depends on your preference.
0: Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Cause like you, know, like you said, like a lot of people are going to come, obviously they're going to have that. Experience of going out and seeing all the animals on on the the trip there on that safari, but they're also going to want to try to experience the the city itself a little bit. And as far as finding a good place to stay, and then also some things to do in town. Are there any museums or anything like that that's uh, that they should make sure they see while they're there?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so actually, Jane Goodall is partnering with a company there to create a a new museum that is not open yet, but will be open soon. That's located right near the Arusha Cultural Center, which is a gigantic, it's, it's both a kind of a museum and a store, and they have art from all around Africa, including like masks and spears and all this really, really cool stuff that you can just spend hours going through this massive complex and checking out what they have there. Even if you're not planning on buying anything, it's just really cool to, to check it out. And then beyond that, uh, there are local NGOs, local like, charities that are really cool to, to visit as well. There is something called Shanga, S-H-A-N-G-A, and it is a long-running center that teaches locals with disabilities how to make handicrafts, and then they sell them to be able to make a living. And, you know, it's beautiful stuff like made out of recycled uh, soda bottles and stuff like that. And it's, you know, just really, really cool to to go there and and see how these people that generally, you know, wouldn't have much of a future are being given this opportunity to make a living for themselves. Now, beyond that, you've got plenty of hiking around uh, around Mount Meru. there's waterfall hikes and whatnot. There is some nightlife, There is one brewery, (laughs) uh, which I always tend to hit up. And uh, yeah, beyond that, it's really, it's a good spot to kind of get the feel of the country, to meet the people, to see how they operate, to visit a market. You know, and I always recommend that anybody coming to Tanzania, it's really good to build an extra day into your schedule to have a day, not only to to rest and relax after that long flight uh, and to get over jet lag, but also to to kind of see how the town works and to meet the people before you go and check out the animals.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, uh, as far as like, what's the name of that brewery?
1: Twiga, T-W-I-G-A, and uh, that means giraffe in Swahili.
0: Ah, cool, cool. And then uh, you also mentioned that there's a market there that uh, might be a good opportunity to go visit?
1: So there's, there's a lot of markets in Arusha and around Arusha. And I can't tell you a particular market because besides the central market, which is in the middle of the city, many of the markets operate on a specific day of the week. And so every other day of the week, they will not be operating. So you kind of have to ask your tour operator or ask a local, even uh, the front desk at your hotel, okay, which market is operating today and check that out. And the markets generally go from, the morning, about 10 a.m. until late afternoon, uh, about 4 p.m., 5 p.m. or so before they shut down. And you'll see people selling all sorts of stuff. Uh, you'll have food stalls set up. Um, really cool experience to just kind of walk through there and, and see everyone selling their different uh, produce and handiwork and food and whatnot.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Now, as far as um, during our visit, are there certain like uh, like local delicacies that we should like make sure that we try while we're there?
1: So on Safari, you may get a chance to to try some things like uh, Maasai goat head stew and things like that that are that are more local. But for the most part, what the locals eat tends to be pretty, I would say, to an adventurous eater like me that travels around the world looking for the finest food and amazing like culinary opportunities, plain. I'm going to say plain because like one of the dishes is called chips my eye and chips refers to french fries as as we know it in in the u.s and my eye means egg and it's really just a fried egg with chips in it and or you know french fries and they'll uh, they'll eat that and that's kind of considered like a late night meal or they'll have nyamachoma which is barbecue and barbecue typically it'll be either mbuzi which is goat or kuku kinige, which is a like local local chicken, and it will be definitely cooked well done. <laughs> so yeah, don't be surprised if you get some some meat that's very very like a little bit more tough than you're used to if you like your steak uh, medium rare. And uh, they'll put a side of fried plantains on the side, or uh, they'll put some French fries, and you eat it with your hands. And that you know tends to be like if you're going out on the weekend. And you're not going for Western food like that kind of tends to be the thing you're having chicken or goat and French fries and you are it with your hands. And it's not particularly like uh, flavored with exotic spices or anything like that. You've got salt, you've got pepper, and it tends to be just more more plain than Some other spots you'd go to, like I tend to frequent Japan a lot and, you know, or or India or Thailand, you've got all these spices and and whatnot. it's just, you know, I guess uh, it's uh, just more towards the the locals taste. It's just kind of something that they like. And for me, it's just, you know, I could always do with a little bit more spices. And that's why (laughs) I always ask for hot sauce.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess in some ways, like that actually helps out uh, some travelers that, you know, sometimes I eat pretty plain, you know, and maybe you're a, a little concerned about visiting certain countries because you're like, what am I going to eat while I'm there? If it's basically just a similar type of foods that you're already kind of used to, maybe just a little bit mixed a little bit differently or or a different name, then it's a little bit easier to, to travel to some of these countries because you know that you're going to have food that uh, that's pretty similar to what you what you normally eat anyways.
1: Right. And, and you know, for the most part, if you're going to be on the tourism circuit, on that safari circuit, and you're going to your your lodges and your hotels, the food will, for the most part, be food that is, should I say, more palatable or more familiar to Western tourists, uh, to tourists in general. So you're going to have, you know, buffet lunches and dinners. And uh, it'll be rice and chicken and beef and you know that kind of thing. So you don't have to worry about uh, you know if you're a little more disconcerted with the with the food and whatnot, you don't have to worry so much. You know, but I always tell people uh, you know if you're down for it, ask your tour provider to say like, hey, I want to try some local food, some some polenta and beans or that kuku kineji uh, barbecue, and uh, you know they'll be able to to kind of take you to a local spot where the people that live around there go to, and you'll be able to see kind of more what the locals eat. And I think it's always worth it if you're a little bit more adventurous to try that out, because like I said, it's not, it's nothing too crazy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You don't want, you don't want to come home from your trip to to, uh, Eastern Africa and say, and your friends ask you, oh, so what what type of food did you eat? You're like, oh, you know, chicken and rice. (laughs) You you, you You want to be able to have like a cool story to be able to say and everything.
1: Hey, if you get a chance, always try that goat head stew. The first time I went to Tanzania as a tourist, I had an opportunity to do that. And I thought, I'm going to try this just because it's going to make a good story.
0: Absolutely. Well, Scott, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips for Arusha. I've I've learned so much and it sounds like such a great place to go visit. And I can't wait to book my own safari for sure. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Arusha, where should they go and what should they eat?
1: I would uh, go to have Nyamachoma, so I'd have the, the local barbecue. I would go to, especially if it's a Friday or Saturday night, go to the AAA nightclub, which has live music, and they serve all that food I told you about. And uh, it's very welcoming, even if you're if you're a foreigner, and it's right along the main road, so it's easy to get to. I always try to go there every time I, I'm in Arusha, uh, at least once, just because it's a fun atmosphere.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Now you say you've been going back and forth to Arusha and Tanzania for you know more than a decade. I'm sure you have a lot of great stories from either from your, your personal experience or from, from those of uh, of your guests.
1: Yeah. I, so I would say the, the first time I went in 2010, it was with my father. We were part of a tour group and I became uh, quickly friends with my guides one in particular who ended up being my my business partner later on josh and i remember the first stop that we did that first day we went to a maasai the the local uh one of the local tribes we went to a maasai village we met with them and i saw some some guys in kind of off in the in the corner between two houses stirring a pot and uh I said, oh, what's that? And so the one of our guides translated and said, Oh, it's it's a goat head stew. That's why I mentioned it just prior. And I said, Oh, okay, They're like, oh, you want some. And so they 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 grabbed the goat's head out of this boiling cauldron, took a knife out of, you know, right on the side of their hip, sliced off a piece of its face, <laughs> gave it to me, <laughs> and then and then had me drink a spoonful of it and uh at the same of my guide had his pic- his camera and he took a picture of me i was crouched on the ground next to these two maasai guys dressed traditionally and uh <laughs> you see my face just <laughs> you know it, it's it's full of like acacia tree bark and stuff like that and so i realized later on they're like oh it's it's called maasai viagra this is their, their local their, lo- their local uh you know Strong male fertility drink, and I had no idea. So that's why everyone was laughing when I was drinking it.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Well, it's nothing like uh, if you're asking for that that uh, that unique experience, uh, authentic experience, you're definitely going to get it.
1: That was day one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're
0: well, right on. Well, speaking of good times and happy memories, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Arusha?
1: So they don't uh, they don't do for the most part happy hours like uh, we would see in, in the U.S. or or some other countries, but I would say you go one of two ways. So either go to, to somewhere like the AAA nightclub that I just mentioned, where you could go earlier, have a few gin and tonics, and then wait for the music to start around eight and then uh, have your dinner. Or you could go to one of the nice hotels that has a beautiful view of the city, which would be uh, like the one I mentioned before the grand Malia hotel, where you could go to the very top, uh, which is only five floors, I believe. But it's got a beautiful view of the city and Mount Meru, and you can see the sunset from there and have some what they call sundowners, you know, evening or uh, sunset drinks over there. And, and that's a, a really beautiful spot if you want to kind of class it up a little bit.
0: No, absolutely. That sounds like a, a great way to get that really amazing view to start your trip off right. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is uh, check out the local pizza. It helps me kind of get that, 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 that little taste of home. Where would I go for the best place uh, for pepperoni pizza in Arusha?
1: Oh, you must be talking about Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, there, there is a Pizza Hut now in Arusha. It's one of the few national chains, uh, you know, fast food type chains that are in the city. So pizza is actually pretty, a pretty well-liked food. Uh, you know, I would say many of the restaurants will have pizza on the menu. Is it very good? Not in particular. However, I found some of the better pizza to be at Mount Meru Hotel which is one of the, the bigger hotels in the area. Not quite as grand as, as Grand Malia Hotel, but right near the, uh, the main road. And uh, we've gone there for pizza many a time. And I would say, you know, it's a solid uh, five or six out of 10. I'm a bit of a pizza connoisseur, as I know you are. And so I, I tend to, to rate things pretty harshly. Uh, but if I wanted to get a pizza, that would be one of the spots I went to.
0: Nice. Sounds like a good spot. Uh, now, obviously, you know, you run the, the tours and you bring, you know, bunches of people you know from the U.S. and around the world uh, to Tanzania on a regular basis. What's one of your best tips to help them have a have a great trip?
1: Uh, so I would say whatever tour provider you you pick, just make sure that you ask them any questions that you have. If you can't find the information on the website or whatnot, like I was saying, you know, ask about the insects or ask about the immunizations or ask about the food or whatnot, uh, because it's great to get that stuff out of your mind before you go over there to ensure that you have a, a fun stress-free experience, uh, because you know, it may definitely be your first time in Tanzania and Africa in general. And so you just want to make sure that uh, you get those questions out of the way so you know exactly what you're going for and what's going to happen. And uh, once you hit the ground, you could just have fun.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, if you have like that, that kind of anxiety about what it's going to be like on the trip, you want to be able to kind of get yourself comfortable and calm and relax as much as possible. That way you can focus on enjoying instead of worrying about uh, that unknown.
1: Right, exactly. And I should throw out there too, that uh, a lot of people uh, ask me about safety and uh, the safety in Arusha and Tanzania in general is very, very good. Never had anything happen with any of our guests, never really heard of anything uh, negative happening with anybody, uh, especially in Arusha, because it's so used to tourism. It relies on tourism as its lifeblood. So you're not going to have anything happen that's really negative. I mean, I I say that I have never heard anything. The chances are very low. Obviously, always be on guard when you're anywhere. But, uh, you know, we've had very positive experiences with it over the past uh, 10 plus years.
0: Well, that's very reassuring. Yeah. You, you, like you say, you always wonder, you know, I mean, like bad things happen even in the, in the U S right. But you always worry when you travel, it's like that big unknown and knowing that it's a, it's a safe place and that they really value the the tourism that comes through there and they're going to make sure you, you have a good time and, and uh, take care of you while you're there.
1: The, The guests, guests always have, you know, nothing but positive things to say about all the interactions they have with the local people
0: every single time. That's fantastic. Well, Scott, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips for Arusha and Tanzania in general. Uh, can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so I've run a company called Pomoja Safaris, P-A-M-O-J-A, for the last uh, almost 14 years now. And we do custom private safaris and Kilimanjaro trekking for people from all over the world. You know, whatever you want to do, we can make it happen. And uh, I do it alongside my business partner, Josh, who was uh, born and raised in Tanzania. He's a Maasai man uh, who uh, has lived in the Arusha area since he was a child. And uh, I have a great time just showing people Tanzania and Africa in general and, and especially the animals because I've, I've been an animal geek ever since I was a kid. And so it's uh, a dream come true to be able to be able to do this and, and actually make a living out of it.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. So if uh, if any of the listeners have questions about uh, Tanzania, about Arusha, or about your tours, what's the best way to reach you on social media?
1: Yeah, you could uh, go find us at Pomoja Safaris. So at Pomoja Safaris on Twitter or Instagram, I'd say Instagram, we use a lot more. So it's P-A-M-O-J-A safaris.com or safaris. And then our website is also com. And feel free, uh, if you have any questions, contact me, contact us, and we'll do our best to help you out.
0: That sounds fantastic. Well, we'll definitely include links to all those in the show notes. And Scott, again, it's been great talking to you, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thanks a lot, Lee. What an awesome conversation with Scott. I'd love to go on an African safari with my family and see all the animals in their natural habitat. You can find all the links we talked about and our one page guide to Scott's tips at we travel there.com forward slash Arusha. We want to say thank you to Acorns for being today's affiliate partner. With Acorns, you can invest spare change automatically on every purchase that you make. Plus, You can earn found money by shopping at participating retailers. This is a great way to easily build up your travel fund. For a limited time, when you sign up at wetravelthere.com forward slash acorns, we'll both earn $5. Join us next time as we head to Istanbul, Turkey to speak with my new friend Andrea Lemieux of thequirkicourt.com. In this episode, Andrea and I talk about exploring the harems at the Takapi Palace, visiting the Blue Mosque, and shopping at the Grand Bazaar. We hope to join us when we travel there. I love hearing your feedback about the show. Send me a tweet at wetravelthere or email me at wetravelthere.com for just contact to share your thoughts. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.